Welcome to the Wealthy Life Podcast. We are so excited again to be with you on today. We've got an exciting program for you on today as our goal is to help you build wealth. I'm so glad to have my partners with me today, Aiden and Malcolm. Go ahead, Aiden, say something to the people. Hey, what's up, everyone? Here with another week. What is this, episode two, three, four? I'm losing track already, but here for another week. Follow me on Twitter at The Money Avenger. All right, all right. Go ahead, Malcolm. Hey, everybody. Excited for another week. Um, be Malcolm 21 on all social media platforms and Positive Vibes to all. All right. We're glad about it. And you can get me at Dwayne, the Wealth Connector on Twitter, and Dwayne Youngblood, the Wealth Connector on YouTube. And we're excited about it. We're going to have those things in the description for this if you're watching this on YouTube. But if you're listening to us, uh, you're going to be able to see it in the information for the podcast as well. As we're excited to connect with you, we want you to continue to pass this information on to others. Our goal is to continually help people build, live, and sustain a wealthy life. And one of the ways that we're making that happen collectively is through this podcast. We're excited about it because we get to talk to people about getting out of bad debt, using good debt to build wealth, getting your credit straight, getting involved in investing, whether that's in the stock market, whether that's in crypto, whether it's in real estate, art, whether it's in bonds, uh, whatever you might be investing in. Now we've got NFTs, we've got a lot of stuff going on. So we're excited to be bringing you great information, great people that we're gonna be talking to today. We've got Brandon, who is from Canada. In Twitter, he's the Rinky Do Finance guy. He does a tremendous podcast blog that he has put out, put together. Got a lot of followers there, and we're excited to talk to him about wealth building uh, on today. Well, what we're going to do as we begin this podcast on today, we've got some hot topics that we want to talk about. Now, one of the reasons we do hot topics is because we want to expand your horizon into things that we believe are impacting the way in which we build wealth, the way in which we establish wealth, or just things in general as it relates to uh, wealth building. So we're going to go to Aiden, who's going to lead us into our hot topics for today. Go ahead, Aiden. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned NFTs in that intro, because that is one of my hot topics for today. I want to hear you guys' thoughts with a lot of the big players we're, we're hearing, Nike, Disney, Microsoft, couple others getting into the nft space what you guys think about that i'll go first yeah no i love how disney i don't know if you guys know uh, they set up their own nft wallet collectible app on the app store uh, i got involved like a couple weeks ago they made it really easy to purchase an nft to sell an nft um, a lot of people are scared to get into it because they think it's a real complicated process so i think disney is getting ahead of the game and making it a real simple process so anyone can do it uh, straight from the phone. So I think it's a really exciting. I'm excited to have my first NFT, which I got through uh, Disney. So. Glad you said that because um, I first tried getting into NFTs earlier this year and I hated the process and I gave up. Right. So I'm glad um, they're making something seamless and user friendly because it's, it's just not it's not there yet. But um, Dwayne, what you think about it? Well, one of the things I think is interesting as uh, we're looking at NFTs, when you see companies like Nike getting into the space in a legitimate way, getting into the metaverse in a huge way where they're using their name, just do it. And they're, they, you know, 
making this be something that to me is there's been a question mark whether NFT was just going to be some tech thing that's going to come out for a little bit and it's going to disappear. But when you see companies like Nike getting in it and uh, bringing the fullness of their brand into it, there's some strong belief that what you can uh, reserve digitally is going to have increasing value and people are going to want it. And so because it has increasing value and people are going to want it, it's now investable. And so when you see companies doing it on the scale of what we're seeing uh, it happen now, I think it's something that's going to be around a long time. And in addition to it, because it involves various crypto players as well, I think this is something that... Uh, could be more than just a tech game that's played for a little bit and phases away. This might be a way to go for a long term uh, coming. Yeah, it's um, a lot of people think NFTs right now is just pictures, right? JPEGs, just little pictures. Um, I like what Nike is doing for anybody who's really big into sneakers. Basically, to prove if a new sneaker is real or coming from Nike, it's going to come with an NFT. So that's why you could um prove that it's real like i bought this sneaker here's the nft to prove it you know from nike um showing that it's real it's authentic it's not a knockoff it's not cheap you can see whoever bought it whoever resold it and etc which is pretty cool but i want to get into the next hot topic and uh, i know it's been blowing up on social media we have the staples center changing it's changing its name you know i've i've watched it be called the staple sense in my entire life but um as of christmas of this year it'll be going by uh crypto.com arena not not the cleanest name in my opinion i would have called it crypto center or something but they called it crypto.com arena um now we're seeing sports come into this field what you guys think about that i think it's uh well first of all Crypto.com, that particular cryptocurrency has been up 64% in the last seven days. Uh, they are not just investing in the Staples Center. They're invested in the Montreal Canadiens. They own the patch that the Philadelphia 76ers are going to be wearing this year. Uh, they're invested in soccer teams in Europe. So this is a cryptocurrency company that is making a play to really broaden its brand and no crypto in the top 25 has seen the type of growth that they've had in the last week just by doing these types of things. Now, one of the things that I think a lot of people, because you had the Staples Center for so long called the Staples Center that people sometimes don't understand that these, these are just simply naming rights. And when a company spends $700 million is what they're paying over 20 years, it's the biggest payout that's been done to name a facility and it's one of the largest uh, facilities one of the most well-known ones in the world and so it's going to add tremendous weight and value to the company name and what this company is endeavoring to do i absolutely believe it is an absolutely smart strategic move on their uh, behalf to go fully into the sports. They're going into sports around the globe. And so I think they're smart to do it. And I think you're gonna find other uh, cryptocurrencies trying to follow suit because if not, this this particular one is doing it in a huge and a very smart way. 
What you yeah, think was, Malcolm? Yeah, I was going to say the same, along the same lines. This just lets you know that it's stamped. It's something that's going to be here for the extreme long term of something like Staples Arena. Like, uh, the Staples Center is now changing its name. So, um, to all the people out there that haven't gotten the crypto, they think it's a scam, they don't think it's going to be here. These things that we're seeing with these big brands is letting you know that it's going to be here for the long term. So, right. I just encourage everybody to just read something, watch a YouTube video, buy a course to start learning about this because this is truly going to be the future. Yeah, it's, it's the first, but it's, it's definitely not going to be the last. And sporting is, it's one of the best way to advertise. Like I was, I was just watching a basketball game the other day. You literally see ads everywhere from the jerseys to the basketball hoops, to the stands. Um, I even caught a ad for Coinbase in, in uh, the Laker game um the other day and it, it's it's here to stay it's here to stay and we're definitely going to see a lot more of it but that was it on hot topics unless you guys had any other remarks you guys wanted to add in there no i, I just think personally i mean those are some great topics because um it's broadening people's view they're seeing crypto now there's not just some small segment of the world but when it starts going heavy in the advertisement naming rights and things of that nature you're saying people are serious. Well, you're going to spend $700 million just to put your name on a building. You're serious. You're serious about being there for a long time. And it's a 20-year deal. So you're not planning on going out of business. It would be kind of crazy for the facility to allow you to name the facility after a company that's going to be bankrupt in three years. So there's got to be a view even from the facility side that believes this company has the financial backing to be around so that they're there when the 20 years are over so this is uh it's game changing in so many ways along with what we discussed earlier about the nfts uh this crypto stuff is going serious and unfortunately if you're in crypto you think it's huge, but I'm telling you the market cap for crypto isn't much bigger than Apple, just Apple by itself. So there is so much more to happen in the whole cryptocurrency, altcoin, stablecoin arena. There's so much more uh, to happen. And I think if you're young, if you're old, if you're middle age, you can get in, get in long term, find some things that's solid and you're going to you're going to win. And uh, that's that's what I have. Appreciate you bringing these hot topics to the Wealthy Life podcast. And I'm hopeful that if you've just listened to what we were just talking about, it inspires you to check further. Now, I'm, I'm in my 50s. And so when I see things like NFTs and stuff like that, my initial instinct is, man, I've, I've built my stuff the way I built it. I don't have to get into this, but I don't plan on dying. You really want to learn, stay abreast of what's coming up, stay connected because the world is changing. And if you want to continue to make money, there's always going to be new ways of doing it. Right now in our Wealthy Life podcast, we want to take an opportunity. We love to share with you some kind of wealth quote, some quote that gives us a, a point of reference to to uh, reflect and to think about what's going on uh, in the world today as it relates to what our purpose is. And we're going to go to Malcolm. He's going to bring us our quote for the day. Yeah, for sure. So the quote today is from Jim Rohn. Uh, he's one of my favorite personal development speakers, motivational speakers. And uh, the quote is, learning is the beginning of wealth. Learning is the beginning of health. Learning is the beginning of spirituality. 
searching and learning is where the miracle process all begins. Mm. So I just wanted to, what that means to me is that you have to start learning. Um, I'm victim of this. I know a lot of people might be too, of thinking you know everything, thinking you have the answer to everything, not wanting to take advice. Uh, but that's just not the way you need to be if you truly want to live a wealthy life. You have to remain a student forever. Stay reading, stay optimizing your mind, your body, your spirit to truly reach wealth and actually retain wealth over time and not lose it. So, uh, that was a quote I had today. Did you guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I was going to say, we uh, just because we graduate high school at 18 doesn't mean our education stops there, right? Exactly. That's right. And, and I'm not just talking about college, you know, no matter what age you are. Always, always be a student, always learn, always pick up on something. As the world grows, you just got to grow with it. There's always something to learn out there. That's important. You know, it's so important. Years ago, I learned a definition for the word learning is the furrowing of the mind. And the word furrow is like a groove. So one of the reasons why learning requires repetition of a thing over and over is because literally you are developing a path in your brain when you learn something. And everything that was just said in that quote is absolutely uh, amazing because you can't get there, wherever you're there is, without learning. If you wanna be an accountant, a doctor, if you wanna be an investor, if you wanna be wealthy, it's gonna require you to be doing something consistently in a repeated manner until it becomes a habit until it becomes second nature. If you were raised not budgeting, not saving, not investing, you just spent everything, you can learn to do it, but it's gotta be a repeated, consistent action consistently that's going to get you there. It's an absolutely great quote. I mean, it's, um, to me, it's something that uh, hopefully you really consider because there is no way to get wherever you're there is without learning. It's important. Exactly. Yeah, and that was the whole reason I wanted to just bring it up, just so everybody can take away exactly what you said. Is the first step is learning and acting like you don't know it all. Remaining a student, even through life, uh, always just trying to learn and get better, whatever you're doing. So that's really good. You know, it gives us opportunity and pause when we think about. Um, Aiden was talking about NFTs and the naming rights of a facility. And there's just no way to, to get into this stuff without learning. As, as Malcolm's quote today says to us that, you know, there's many paths that people want to go, but you got to learn if you're going to get there. It's the beginning. It's the way something actually can happen. We're so excited today uh, to be uh, having this podcast as a vehicle that can bring people to information, bring people to resources, things that are gonna help advance your journey. We consider it an absolute great privilege. Uh, one of the things I personally believe that you do if you live a wealthy life is you learn to add value. And this podcast exists to simply add value. Just by you clicking on and listening to us, you're gonna get something from this. It may be one statement, one sentence, that's going to impact your life in a way that's going to advance you for where you're trying to go for your future. So myself and Aiden and Malcolm, we're excited to have the opportunity to share with you. Now, we're going to do right now, we're going to take a slight break. So we're going to be coming back with our special guest today, Brandon, who is Rinky Do Finance. And I, I'm telling you, I think you're going to be so impressed with what he has to offer and what he has built in just a few years. And so we want to come back in just a moment and share that with you. We'll be right back. I recently heard an alarming statistic that five out of every 100 people 
at age 65 will be financially independent. That's a horrible statistic when at age 25, all 100 said they wanted to be. The reason this is is that many people want to go somewhere they do not know how to get there. Well, the Wealthy Life Masters has been created specifically to help you build, live, and sustain a wealthy life. We're going to do that by helping you get out of all bad debt, using good debt to build wealth, establishing good credit with credit scores of 750 and above. We're going to help you implement an investment plan where you're investing stocks, bonds, crypto, artwork, businesses, real estate, all the things that are going to put income into your life, all while living authentically as yourself. Well, if you would like to be one of those five who are financially independent when they're 65, come on and connect with the Wealthy Life Masters. You'll find that connection in the description for this podcast. Now, let's get back to the podcast. Well, welcome back to the Wealthy Life Podcast, and we have our special guest with us on today. This is Brandon on Twitter. He is Rinky Do uh, Finance, and we're so excited to have him with us on today. I would just like to give him an opportunity, first, first of all, to introduce himself to you, whatever he might want to say in the way of introduction, and then we're going to start uh, with some questions and a good discussion that's going to help you through this time with him. Go ahead. Can you share a little something with our audience, Brandon? Sounds great. First of all, thank you guys for having me on. Um, my name is Brandon. I run a blog called Rinkidu Finance. I live in Toronto, Canada. Um, and my, my blog is all about helping ordinary people understand personal finance. So investing, saving, um, you know, leveling up, leveling up in their career, that sort of thing. That's good. That's exciting. And that's what we're all about here at Wealthy Life Podcast. Uh, that's what we're trying to help people do. You know, I, I'm telling you something. We exist because we want to help people build wealth. And what would you say uh, is one of the ways that you have personally found to build wealth? Honestly, you know, setting up automatic investment contributions and then just, you know, pretending that money isn't even coming in to me, you know, just, just setting it up and, and letting it get invested has been the number one biggest uh, the number one, you know, greatest thing I've done in terms of, of building wealth, um, you know, just letting that run, letting the money accumulate, not touching it, um, and really just choosing great assets and then getting out of the way is is what I've done. That's good. Is that something? That's Aiden. I know you you uh, do some stuff in with your IRAs and stuff like that. What do you What do you think about that? What he's super shifts. similar to what Brandon does, you know, just do those automatic investments. I know he's a big fan of index funds. I'm a big fan of ETFs. So something super similar, just contribute weekly, consistently, right? And I always talk about compounding. I always talk about compounding. And um, I'm not that much older than Brandon. We have so much time ahead of us that you just let that money compound. And by the time we do retire, whether that's 40, 50, 60, our money is going to be so much um so you know it's gonna grow so much just because we let time do its thing that's exciting that's really exciting what you think about that malcolm yeah no i was gonna say i started the same way actually when i did, didn't know anything about stocks uh i started with like 50 dollars, and i had it come out every two weeks and go straight into an account and i was kind of picking a stock to invest in so i think that's a great way to start and even keep it going obviously you still kept it going now so uh, i think it's good for people to hear that that's an option to go with when trying to start investing in stocks yeah i can tell you i'm i'm twice as old 
as uh, Brandon, and I invest every Tuesday. I've been doing it every Tuesday since I was about 28 and a half years of age, every Tuesday. I don't let a Tuesday go by, but that's the whole principle that I believe you follow. It doesn't have to be a lot of money. I think one time, Brandon, in your uh, writings, I've seen you use the word, it doesn't have to be a gazillion dollars. Um, you just got to begin to get started. Uh, what I would like to talk a little bit about is your crypto journey, um, because I know you had done some things and, and crypto had a pretty interesting run. Tell us a little bit about, because you're 25 years old, tell us a little bit about your crypto journey, when it started, what happened with all of that, and, and let's just, we can hear a little bit about what happened with you and crypto as we were talking about crypto before we brought you on today. Nice. Yeah, so I got into crypto in 2017. Um, it was it was summer 2017 so right before the big run you know the when bitcoin first hit twenty thousand dollars um so i made a fair bit of money from it um i sold into i sold everything in 2019 um i was up you know of course not as much as i would have been if i if i had sold in, in at the end of 2017 but still walked away with a good chunk of money um and that you know helped me give my index fund portfolio a boost but uh, yeah since then i haven't really I've paid attention to it because I think it's interesting technology and I love, um, you know, the conversations around it, but I haven't owned, um, haven't owned substantial amounts since 2019. So what, what was it, what made you decide when you decided, what made you decide to get into crypto and what made you decide to sell it in 2019? Yeah, in 2017, um, it was such a new space to me that I, when I discover something new that seems interesting, I just have to learn everything I can about it. Uh, so the more I started learning about it, I, I was just like, you know what, this seems um, like it could be you know, something big. And so I was like, you know, let me just put a little bit of money. I'll keep, I'll keep doing the index funds, but let me just put a bit of money into, uh, into the space. Ended up becoming really passionate about it and going like, you know, from, from being primarily indexes to being primarily crypto. Um, around 27 or so around 2019 when I sold, I don't know, I, I, to be honest, and I, I get, I have a lot of interesting conversations with people about this on Money Tour. I started questioning, like I started asking more critical questions about the technology and I got to the point where I just, I didn't believe in it enough to continue, um, investing. And, and so. I looked seriously and I said like, hey, would I rather have this money in crypto or would I rather have it in my index uh, portfolio? And that's when I made the switch. Now, would you say that a lot of your concept around investing is the fact that you're trying to build something for a particular time in your life? Yeah, I, I'm investing solely for, you know, the, the shortest time frame that I'm investing for is 25 years. So um, that's the soonest I anticipate uh, pulling any of this money out. So, yeah, that that's it influences a lot of my decisions around investing. And uh, at 25, when did you come up with this being your investing goal that I'm going to try to do this until the earliest is when I'm 50? When did you come up with that kind of a mind? You know, I started looking around at family members and what their experiences were like family members and loved ones you know once they reach 50 and even just statistically speaking you're around 50 if you lose your job it's hard to get another one um and i never wanted to be in that position so I, um, once i once i started looking around and realizing that's 
what was happening to a lot of people around that age, I, I said, you know what, let me set like 50 is the goal. I have to achieve financial independence by then. Um, I have to be ready to retire hmm. at 50 if that if that's what's needed. That's good. What do you guys think about that? That's exciting. Uh, what 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 do my partners think about that uh, goal of something something like that? I mean, I, don't, I haven't even heard you all in that particular realm. What do you think? Go ahead, Aiden. I was gonna say that. Yeah, I I'm I'm the same exact way, right? We we look at our parents, you know, our family members, our friends who are at a certain age, and we just look at them and say, I don't want to be them. I don't want to be in that shoes. I don't want to struggle. I don't want to have so much debt at that age. So that's a big motivator for me. But I did have a question kind of going back to that crypto thing. So for the Brandon, what do you say to the people that I'm sure you get this on Twitter, people bashing you for not being in it now as opposed to before? What do you say to those people? You know, I think like probably the number one argument that people come at me with is that, you know, like it's such a it's such a promising space that um, you know, you'd be crazy not to have some money in it, you know, and I, I take the approach of, well, like, you know, there are so many different, different promising spaces. Yes. And if I took that approach to everything, if I said, this is such a promising space, I'd be crazy not to invest in it. I would be spread out all over the place. So I, maybe it's a, it's a bit of a flaw of mine. Like I try to be super logically consistent with everything I do, but, um, you know, I, that's, that's my response generally is, is, you know, yes, um, if you believe crypto is a, is a really promising space, and that's that's great, but there are so many others. Like, you know, you can talk about cannabis, it's probably going to blow up, um, electric vehicles, um, but I can't, you know, the, the, the whole philosophy behind index investing in my mind is you you, get you, know, you, you try to <laughs> try to get away from, from, you know, trying to pick which ones will, will go big, and you just you know, focus on the big the big picture. Yeah, one of the things that I find very extremely interesting in uh, what you're saying, and I think when people think logically about the goal, if the goal, if your true goal is 25, 30 years from now, then you would be very more, um, I'll use the word cautious, about what you do with today's money. I think, unfortunately for me, what I, one of the things I always recommend people, I say you've got to have your foundation money. This is, and let's just say 80% of all your money is going in something that you know is solid. And if I wanna experiment a little bit with this other 20% on some things that are just up and coming, a little more risky, but my main money has got to be in the things that I'm certain of. So when we talk, when I talk like ETFs, or Apple or Microsoft, companies that I just know what's going to happen and been happening in, in that case. I mean, it makes a lot more sense to do it. Or if you look at a an ETF that over 20 years, this ETF is consistently done 12, 13 uh, percent year over year, you'd be crazy to take all your money and be risking it in things that go up 20%, down 13%, up 40%, down 25%. So I think that's something that I think is a strong message, especially for people in you you all's age bracket, is that there's nothing wrong with doing something in crypto or whatever, but you can't have all of your money or the majority of your money for the future invested in something that's so volatile and risky. What, what do you guys think about the 
idea of volatility and the risk that volatility brings. Uh, one thing, yeah, one, one thing I want to throw in there is like, you know, I think you can withstand the volatility if you really have the conviction. Like if you really think, you know, that this is going to be worth five times. And so you're not going to care that it's down 30%. Um, I lost that conviction, like that strong conviction. And so I knew that if, you know, if I put money in Bitcoin and it got cut in half, um, you know, a few weeks later or whatever, or, or a few months later, I knew that I, or I know that I would be discouraged and that I would want to sell. And so just knowing myself and knowing that I don't have the same conviction I did in 2017 is, is a big part of it. So you're not a big, that kind of a risk player with your, you want that index fund that you know for certain year over year, I can expect to see this happening. It's been happening for the last 40 years. I can expect to see it moving forward the same way. Right. How are you? How are you when it comes to risk, Malcolm? When it, you know, that whole idea. Yeah. Before touching on that, I just wanted to touch on the retirement thing. How we had the plan to retire by fifty. Um, I have a close family member that worked thirty years at their job, retired, and still has to go out and get another job. Wow. So I think that's the that's the thing we all got to look at when looking at investing. Um, we're investing so we don't have to be in that position to have to. Even if we're not retiring, we'll just retire that late, put in that much work and time and hours into a place, still not have enough to survive. So I just wanted to talk about that one That's point. good. That's good. That's critical. Uh, you don't want to be stuck. And uh, listening to you all makes me feel old, but um, you, do <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to be in a position where you're in your 50s and you have nothing. And uh, this is a great opportunity for our podcast, this is a great opportunity for why we bring uh, people like Brandon on is because we want to hopefully encourage you. If you're watching this right now and you're under 30, I hope you're really listening to what they're sharing uh, because it is so important, number one, that you get started and number two, that you take the future serious. You're not going to always be 25. You're not going to always be 28 or 30. You are going to be 55. You're going to be 65. And if you've not built anything that is going to sustain you in that time, it's going to be a problem. One of the things that we say concerning wealth is we want you to build, live, and sustain wealth. So it's not just enough to have accumulated something, but is it sustainable over time? And when you do it the way that we're discussing here today, I believe it can be sustainable. Now, I want to transition to something a little bit different. Uh, one of the things that you are well known for, Brandon, is your blog. And I would like to talk just a little bit about it. First and foremost, can you tell us what's the name of your blog and what is the theme or the mission for your blog? So my blog is called Rinky Do Finance. It's a bit of a funny name just to, you know, to, to avoid being intimidating. And, and that's really what the blog is all about. It's about helping people who don't necessarily see themselves as being, um, you know, money people or, or investing people, helping them um, understand different financial topics and, uh, you know, realize it doesn't have to be taken. It, yes, it doesn't have to be taken seriously to a degree, but it doesn't have to be in, taken seriously to the degree of being intimidating. Mm -hmm. um, that's what the blog is all about. That's good. And uh, I understand you've got, so tell us how long has the blog existed and what's been going on as far as the number of people that are currently reading, uh, engaging your blog? Yeah, so the blog, I started it in roughly 
June of 2020. Well, I, I started writing in April of 2020, and then I went live in that that, that summer, so around June 2020. Um, let me just open up the stats. Lately, I've been averaging roughly 15,000 people a month visiting, which is crazy for me to think about because started literally from nothing in the it's it's grown yeah that's good now so uh in looking at your blog and some of the things that you do you seem to have a passion for people that are marginalized and i like to talk a little bit about why you feel some a passion about people that are marginalized and why is it that you kind of have framed your blog to address marginalized people yeah well so that's the environment that i grew up in um so you know i grew up around and 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 was one of one of these people right um so that's a big part of it also you know i I noticed that there are so many resources for um you know wealthy people or you know people born into you know different um socioeconomic situations but really when you start looking at what's available for you know marginalized people it's the, re- the level of resources is, is nowhere near as high. Um, so I felt like, you know, I really wanted to talk with those people. And, and also, you know, even before I started the blog and the Twitter account, I found that the most interesting conversations I had about money were with marginalized people because they, you know, when you talk with people in these situations, they force you to question a lot of the, you know, the common beliefs about investing in money, you know, Oftentimes people will just say like, it's super easy. You can just do it. It's no big deal. Um, you know, start investing 500 bucks a month or whatever. And then you talk to someone who's marginalized and they're like, well, where am I going to get 500 bucks a month from? Right? Like I work, you know, 60 hours a week. Um, and I, I don't make enough to have that much money. And, and so it, it forces you to think, think and write a bit more creatively, uh, when you're catering, catering your content to those people, because, you know, you really have to consider, uh, people in different situations. Now, the word marginalized, because I, as I said it, I'm thinking about people who may say, okay, well, what in the world is marginalized? To you, when you say marginalized, what do you mean? So I'm thinking, you know, probably the, like the, the most straightforward answer is, you know, people of color, people who are born into, you know, poor situations. Um, also, but it's not even just a race thing, right? You know, you have in in countries like Canada and the United States, you have a you know smaller percentage of people who are who are pretty well off, and then you've got the middle class, which is rapidly um, getting smaller, and then you've got people who, you know, like r- really anybody who works a full time job yet still struggles financially. Um, and you know, a lot of these people work really hard. It's not like they they're being irresponsible or they're you know, wasting their money. They it's just the the opportunities they have and the the environment they're in does, is not conducive to mm-hmm. um, you know reaching those those higher levels without significantly more work than it would take someone else to. That's good. That's really really good. Uh, I, I'll say open this up for for all of us uh, to to talk about since we're talking about marginalized. Can you think of times in your own story uh, history where it, it connected with you that wow. I don't want my future to be like this time right here. Was there a this time in your life that you can think of that you're saying, um, no, I don't want my 25 years from now to be like this. And it helped you get serious about your financial life. Um, That's 
open to, to Brandon, Aiden, or, or Malcolm, just in general, um, because I think people have those time frames, and sometimes you may not have really fully connected with it, but there'd be something that's going on or something you've seen or experienced that's made you say, nah, I got to do something about this, and then you kind of get serious. Uh, did that happen for, for, for any of you? Uh, well, yeah, for me personally, uh, even when I first met you guys, I was in the process of like not cutting off my friends, but surrounding myself around people that are doing the things I want to do and what I want to be. So for me, it was seeing people, uh, family members, close friends and where they were at, people that were older than me that were like 10, 20 years older and they weren't anywhere where I thought I would want to be, you know, 10, 15 years from now. So um, for me, it's just learning from example by seeing people, but it still took me a second myself to get to the point, but um, definitely seeing what not to do helps, I feel like. Mm. That's good. What about you, Aiden? Any? Yeah, to piggyback off what Malcolm said, you know, seeing, I, I've, I've lived in my city, New York, my entire life, right? So I've kind of grew up in bad neighborhoods and just seeing that around that environment you're in, you know, seeing friends um, with credit card debt because no one taught them about it, S uh, student loan debt, having kids with wrong partners, right? And starting off their 20s in such a bad foot was just a big eye opener to me. Like, I just, I don't want to be that. I don't, that's not me. That's not going to be me. I'm not going to be in the same neighborhood for the rest of my life. I'm not going to have a kid with someone who I don't want to be with. I don't want to be stuck in my environment. So, it just clicked in my head around 25, 26. Like I have to really get my finances mm. in order because wow. I need to get out of here. Wow. Did you have something like that, Brandon? Like a wow type something? Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. Like even down to the same city, um, I live in Toronto, but my, my dad's family, uh, his side of the family is based in New York and, you know, visiting them, very similar experience, right? Like, you know, just realizing what you don't want, um, for your life and, and and seeing like what can happen if you if you just follow the natural progression of what people around you are doing um that, that's happened to me in a couple of different scenarios like um so for sure i really relate to what aiden was saying i will say this to you to you all as well as is our audience you know we have a, a variety of people in our audience but i want to speak for just a moment because on this screen there are four men of color and I, I want to want each one of you to just for a moment when we're talking about the things that we're discussing here um, today and and consider the fact that you're a person of color and consider what you see on the news every day about young men of color. Um, what what do you say? What do you say? Like you say you've seen all of you have seen a lot of stuff. What do you say that encourages um people of color that are younger to get up and get in, in invested in their own futures involved in their lives like the light came on for you all what do you say for people who may come across this podcast but um they haven't started anything yet uh, what do you what do you say to them i think it's it's important to to let people know that like you know the situation you're in today doesn't have to be the situation you're in a year from now five years from now, like you can change a lot with, um, you know, at first, if, when you start trying to change your life, it, you may not see a lot happening. Um, it may feel like you're just stuck in the same place, but if you keep at it, if you, if you, you know, 
find the right steps and you keep taking them every single day, things will change um, more dramatically than you can imagine. That's really good. That's real, real good. Yeah, for me, if I was talking to my, you know, 20, 21, 22, 23-year-old self, um, I really just say, what are you doing today that's going to benefit you in five years? We're not even talking about the 25-year mark, but the, the at least five years from now, you can be doing something today that could be helping you out. And um, I just want to ask somebody to tell me that a little bit more. I had a couple of people talk to me about it, but um, I just want to be that person to talk to and be like, do stuff today that can help you in the future because you're going to look back and wish you would have because I know I do. Mm. That's, that's, you know, it's, it's exciting to hear, uh, number one, that there is connection to wanting to see uh, something happen. I'm going to shift the topic for just a hot moment with you, Brandon, because I want to talk about something that I think sometimes all of us need to wrap our minds around. I understand in looking at your bio that you are a musician. Can you help me understand or help us understand and our audience understand why would a musician not pursue music but do the things that you've chosen to do in your career. And right now you're doing a blog that is growing as opposed to music. Yeah. So from age roughly 13 to maybe 18 or 19, all I wanted to do was music. I, I, I was going to be a musician. That was it. Um, I didn't want to think about anything else. Um, as I got older, like in, in, as I hit my 20s, I started to realize, you know, there are other things I'm good at that I enjoy doing um, possibly even more than music. Like right now I'm really into programming. Like I, I love it. Uh, that's what I do for a living. Um, and so it was really, you know, Mike Rowe, who, who was the host of Dirty Jobs, he had he has a great philosophy that, you know, pursuing your passion is not necessarily the best thing you can mm. do because, you know, you're, you, can, you can be passionate about a topic or you can be passionate about just being good at something or, you know, succeeding, you know, in the latter scenario, you can find any number of things. Like I've had a warehouse job that I, that I brought passion to because, you know, I, I'm just passionate about succeeding. Um, and that's kind of the mindset shift I've taken. Like, you know, your passion is, is great. And I still, I still love playing guitar. I still love making music, but uh, when it comes to you know, excelling in life and achieving the goals that you want to achieve. If that passion is not going to get you there, you've got to start you know, thinking about how can I be passionate about, you know, how can I bring this level of passion to other things? That, that to me is amazing that, um, and I want to talk about it just a little bit more. So you're saying that, first of all, I want you to repeat who, who said this quote and what did they say again? Yeah, so Mike Rowe, uh, he used to host a show called Dirty Jobs. He has this philosophy, um, and, and for people who don't know, I'll run through it really quickly. Dirty Jobs was a show where he would, um, you know, spend a day with people that were doing like non-glamorous jobs. So like plumbers, you know, people who clean the inside of windmills, that sort of thing. And what he found was that a lot of these people, even though their jobs were not very glamorous, that nobody wakes up at age 12 and says, I want to clean the inside of windmills um, or, you know, be a plumber, that sort of thing but they were passionate about being good at something mm -hmm. and providing for their families. Um, and that's, I think it's a maturity shift that as you get older, um, or at least for me, I found that as I got older, I started to relate to that more. You know, I did, I start, I started thinking less about how I'm super passionate about music and that's all I want to do more to like, I'm just super passionate about succeeding. 
Now, the reason why I say this is, is like critically essential is because I have believed a long time that between 20 and 30, you're kind of testing things out and figuring things out and discovering them. However, you're saying in your early 20s, you realized that passion was transferable. I could have passion for something and can transfer passion to something else that is more profitable for my future endeavors. And I think that so many people need to hear it because right now, and I'm speaking again in, in, in African-American culture or in black culture or people of color around the world, sometimes there's a lot of passion around music. I mean, you've got people got, everybody got a studio, everybody got a rap, everybody got a song, everybody got whatever, and everybody's gonna be the next Michael Jordan, everybody's gonna be the next, you know, and unfortunately, everybody's not. So sometimes, and I'm not saying to, to, to kill anybody's dreams or visions, but sometimes, just like what you're sharing, Sometimes you can find that that's not necessarily going to take me where I'm trying to go, but I can transfer the passion that I have about that and be passionate about something else. Is that is that kind of what you're what you're saying happened for you? A hundred percent. That's you. You phrased it perfectly. Um, you know, transferring passion. Like there are times when I, you know, when I when I'm coding and I feel like the same part of my brain that would get really that would get activated when I was making music is getting activated by what I'm doing. Um, it's just, it's, it's weird to describe, but, um, you know, the way you phrased it is perfect. Transferring, transferring passion. That's good. What about you, you two guys? Cause we've talked a good bit about things and I see what you're doing now. Have you seen a transferring of, uh, passion at all? Or, uh, what do you think about what he's, what he's, uh, saying there? I mean, I, that's loaded to me. There's so much. I, I was going to say too, like, just because he doesn't make music today doesn't mean he doesn't love it. If the route he continues and he retires early in 40s and 50s, you could take a full-time bet, right? <laughs> That's what I, I think a lot of people don't realize now too, you know, um, you could always come back to something. Wow. You know, um, I, 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 need, I need money to get me to where I wanna go, right? And, you know, you could use that money to help fuel your passion. But um, my passion switches all the time. Like I like like Brandon. I used to I used to do a little bit of music back in like high school and college too. And then I kind of stopped. And then I um I used to write a lot. And then I kind of stopped. Um, I actually used to run a music blog uh, too with a buddy of mine. And then we almost got sued. So <laughs> we took a pause there. But um yeah, passions come and go, right? And sometimes you could transfer some of that passion to something else and. Um, I always say this, no matter what you do, just make sure you're, you're giving it the best, right? You're giving it all, your all. So just kind of like how Brandon was talking about now he's doing coding and something in his brain triggers similar to his making music. He's giving it his full effort. He's not half-assing it, right? So that's pretty, pretty much all I was going to say about the topic. That's good. That's good. What what you think, Mel? Yeah, I just think you're completely honest by what Aiden said um this isn't all about the money you know this financial freedom chase or the run that we're on it's all actually being able to do what you're passionate about wow and uh like even what Rinky do is saying if you weren't able to you know do what you did instead of the music at the time now you're able probably to do whatever you kind of want to do a little bit more like a feat of that time so sometimes like you're saying you got to make that shift to do things that are going to help you 
reach freedom so then you can do whatever you're passionate about in the future so i think that's very important to, to i think it's just you got to know though you got to have that click like you some people just are stuck and stuck and just they never make the switch but once you make that switch I think that's when things change that's good that's good so as we're talking uh we you've mentioned about your blog and um I want to take a time to focus in on your blog. First of all, how can people uh, connect with this blog that's getting 15,000 uh, views a month? How can our audience connect with your blog? Yeah, so you can visit it at rinkydoofinance.com. Um, you can also find me on Twitter, and I, I, I usually post uh, at least one, one blog post a week. And it'll be on my Twitter as well. Great. So rinkydoofinance.com is a way where if you're watching this through our YouTube, you're going to see it in the description for uh, this video uh, podcast. And if you're listening to us, you can see it in the information portion for the podcast as well. Um, so tell us, you're at 15,000 some monthly readers. How do you grow a podcast like that from, we're talking 13, 14 months. How do, how do you manage to, to grow it like that? Yeah, so none of it, I, I wouldn't have known how to do it if I hadn't spent seven years working um, in marketing. Uh, so that was super helpful because I, I basically got paid to learn for seven years, right? Like that's that's the great thing about about a nine to five is you being paid full time to, you know, yes, you bring skills to the table, but you're you're learning every day. Um, so I, um, the, the big thing that I learned by working in marketing was how to choose topics that, you know, people will find and read. I mean, I think a lot of times, like the mistake bloggers make is that they try to write about what's interesting to them without really thinking or, or doing research to figure out what's uh, going to interest their audience. Um, so I started out from day one, I was doing SEO research to figure out what topics people were Googling to learn about and, you know, trying to write articles that address those topics better than anybody else. Um, and that, that's really been the the key to me succeeding. Um, literally every week, I just find a topic that people are looking for on Google, and I try to write something that's that's better than anything else out there. That's exciting. That's good. Well, you know what? We're going to take a break right here, and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about Brandon's uh, blog posts that he's doing, the things that are impacting thousands of people on a monthly basis. He's 25 years of age. I'm telling you, if he can do it, you can do it, whatever your it is. You've just got to get up and get after it. We're going to be back in just a moment. I recently heard an alarming statistic that five out of every 100 people at age 65 will be financially independent. That's a horrible statistic when at age 25, all 100 said they wanted to be. The reason this is, is that many people want to go somewhere they do not know how to get there. Well, the Wealthy Life Masters has been created specifically to help you build, live, and sustain a wealthy life. We're going to do that by helping you get out of all bad debt, using good debt to build wealth, establishing good credit with credit scores of 750 and above. We're going to help you implement an investment plan where you invest in stocks, bonds, crypto, artwork, businesses, real estate, all the things that are going to put income into your life, all while living authentically as yourself. Well, if you would like to be one of those five who are financially independent when they're 65, come on and connect with the Wealthy Life Masters. You'll find that connection in the description for this podcast. Now, let's get back to the podcast. 
All right, well, welcome back again to the Wealthy Life Podcast. Today, we're so excited to have Brandon with us. He's sharing some phenomenal things about his journey. Uh, right now, we're talking about his blog that he does on a weekly basis called Rinky Do Finance. Over 15,000 people are tapping into this blog on a monthly basis. I'd like to ask you a question today about your blog. Uh, what is something that you've written in the time frame that you've had your blog that really connected with you, I like to just hear uh, that way th that our listeners could get an idea about what's really on your heart. Yeah. So if if there were a single blog post that I had to, that if, if I could force everybody on earth to read a single blog post I've written, it would be an article titled "Overcoming Is Now a Good Time to Invest Syndrome." Um, mm. You know, the biggest mistake I've seen friends and family members make when it comes to investing is thinking that you know. The market's too high right now. I'm going to wait a few months and then I'll buy in. Or the market's too low right now. I'm going to wait a few months um, until it bottoms out and then I'll buy in. Um, this article, what it really does is it goes through historically um, the different scenarios, in particular uh, the, the March 2020 crash, and explores what happened afterwards and what traditionally happens after every single crash, right? Like, you know, the market spends the majority of its days up in the green. Um, if if you miss out on the biggest days, you know, I, I think the statistic is if you miss out on the ten biggest days in a single year, your returns are your your returns are horrendous. Um, you really need to be in at all times because you you're not going to know what those best ten days are going to be, right? You really need to be there at all times. Uh, one, you know, phrase that I I, I really like that I, I I've said before is that you know the best way to be in the right place at the right time is to just always be in the right place. Um, and that's what you can do with investing. Uh, and that, that's really the idea behind this article here. Wow, that's phenomenal. That, that's great advice, right? I always tell, I, I my friends ask me this a lot, random people on Twitter always ask me, when should I get in? When should I get in? Oh, the market just hit an all time high. Should I get in now? If we even just look back at this year, the market has hit an all time high probably like what 20 times already <laughs> like i feel like every yeah. other week it hits an all-time high so i always just tell people just get in it doesn't matter if you're investing for even even if you're you're not investing as far in advance as brandon and myself right not even 20 years like just look at five years it's you're gonna go it's gonna go up regardless so just get some skin in the game get some time in the market and you won't lose exactly yeah yeah, no, I completely agree with that too. Uh, I learned a lot from Dwayne. He always says the people that move their money around the most in the stock market are people that lose the most. So uh, it's just about that long-term thinking. Like you said, if you're, you're, and I love that quote that you said too, though, that you're in the right place, the right time. I forgot how you worded it. That was perfect for the stock yeah. market. I'm glad you said um, that again. Related to what, what you just said, you know, Dwayne, about, um, you know, people who move their money around the most get, lose the most. Fidelity actually did a study the best investors are actually dead. The best investors are ones who died and their money is just sitting there and nobody's touching it. If that tells you something, it's like, you know, you really, you are your own worst enemy when it comes to investing. Um, the less involved you are, the better you off you're gonna be. I, want, I really wanna hit this hard for just a moment because I'm telling you this, from what I get to see through Twitter, uh, looking at people, multiple, um, groups that do options. The biggest concern I have for the younger 
generation, when I say younger, I mean under 35, is that things like options or crypto or whatever it might be, the reason why younger people are more into it is because there is the allure of fast money. Whereas people who are doing ETFs, index funds or whatever, they understand the journey. And what concerns me the most, and you guys are half my age, what concerns me the most is that it's hard to teach a younger person the journey because it's, and I'm just be frank about it. When you have been in a community where drug game is the game and the guy that's doing the drug game, he's got the shoes, he's got the clothes, he's got the car, he's got the house. He's always coming up. His money is quick. It's fast money. Whereas someone telling you to get in the stock market and say, man, hey, look, man, invest in VOO and just dollar cost average in. And in 25 years, man, you're going to be set. It is a hard sell when the guy across town uh, is telling you, man, you can get in this game right here. And if you get in this game, man, you're going to be up this Friday. You're going to have some money in your pocket this Friday. What do you, what do you say to 20 to 30 year olds? Uh, I'll start with you, Brandon, and then uh, you know my partners can, can chime in on this. What do you say to 20 to 30 year olds that helps them uh, when it comes to uh, money and wealth, understanding that in your generation, it is high competition to get people in the quick money game as opposed to the process that the stock market really offers. Yeah, there's a really powerful concept called reversion to the mean. Basically, um, you know, you can be up pretty quickly. Um, but things over the long haul will typically, you know, revert to the mean. Um, and that means that, you know, you're not going to be hitting 1000% gains every single year. At some point, your returns are going to be such that it will average down to a much lower, like much more reasonable level. Um, it with, with a lot of assets like individual stocks that that return actually ends up being lower than it would have been if you were just in the index. So I think, you know, knowing that quick money doesn't last, and the quick gains don't last, it'll always revert to the mean. And so it, oftentimes you would have been better off just sticking with the average to begin with. Mm, that's good. Good. What do you guys think about that whole idea of fast money, quick? Cause I, I just see it every single solitary day that it looks to me like people are chasing money as opposed to having a purpose. Well, I just know there's a quote that I just refer to, and it's like, um, what's worth it doesn't come easy, or it's something along those lines. So anything that comes easy won't last long. Uh, that's kind of might be messing up a little bit, but that's, that's the whole concept of everything with the stock market. Uh, if you want to win, you got to play the long-term game. You can't be wanting this quick, fast money because then it won't last. Anything that comes really quick and easy, usually it's something that's long-term here to stay. So That's good. What about you, Professor? <laughs> man i i don't even know what to say that's that's my battle every day i literally sometimes tell my friends about like you know etfs and you know maybe good stock picks you know i was trying to convince a friend to buy microsoft the other day and they were like yeah why would i buy that when i could buy this coin and 20x my money in two weeks <laughs> what, what what am i supposed to say to that yeah. right? you know the the funny thing, though, is the people who say that today, they're still going to be saying that 10 years from now because they're going to be trying all these different things and nothing is going to get them where they want. It is. It, Whereas, it is. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It, no, go ahead. No, no, no. You're good. Okay. Yeah. 
I'll, yeah, I was, all I was going to add was that, like, yeah, you know, people think that, like, the people that chase quick money, they're always going to be doing that because that that path doesn't really, you know, produce the kinds of returns that people expect. Yeah. Whereas, you know, somebody who's content with playing the long game, 10 years from now, they're going to be where they want to be. And that's good coming from you all. I think this stuff is very, very powerful. I, I told a person one time, I says, one thing you're never going to see in our community, you're not going to see anybody retire from the drug game. You don't retire from it. You either get killed, you go to prison, you lose. You don't retire from a drug game that, that supposedly quick money. And people who move money around, they've discovered 62% of people investing in options are losing money. They're not winning. So imagine if I just do it for five years and I'm losing. So what I think what happens, and if you're not careful, if you're easily you know, persuaded by people, people put their wins up and you don't see how many losses they've had. Like, you know, it's like a person who plays the lottery every day for 10 bucks and finally hit for 75,000, but they've been playing it for 10 years, 10 bucks a day, and they think that their hit is a real hit. Uh, I just think it's so important, uh, and we're, we're stressing this because one of the things we, we talk about here a lot is the process. We use the word build a wealthy life for a reason because we're, we don't believe that we're gonna snap our fingers and be somewhere. I've been investing since I was 28 consistently. This is not something that you just all of a sudden, again, you see stories like the man who invested $8,000 in Shiba Inu and he had 5 billion. And so now everybody's trying to find the next place I can put that money so that I'm the next guy to get, or woman to get five billion, as opposed to saying, hey, I'm, I might take some of my play money that I've got in my budget to play and put it in those types of things, but my, the majority of what I'm doing has got to be in things that are proven to get me there that's a part of a process. And that's what is uh, most uh, exciting to me. And that's what I'm glad to hear uh, coming from you uh, Brandon, that uh, you have bought into a process. Now, we're going to close out, but I, I recognize in, in, um, in your information that you had, had six figures by the time you're 25 investing. Do you have, and, and you may not want to tell us, but do you have an investment goal, what you'd like to see this be in 25 years? Is there a goal in your mind of what you're really trying to go after? 25 years from now is I don't have an exact dollar amount of what I'd like like I would like to you know I know that and I've run the numbers different ways I've run you know different rates of returns that sort of thing if I can get to 500,000 half a million by 30 you know by any metric um, you know by the time I'm 50 I'll be in a good place uh, that, yeah. that's kind of my my immediate goal it's half a million by 30 and that's a great goal now listen everyone listening to us today think about that half a million invested honestly now there is one thing because i we're, we're going to close down but before we do i want to talk to brandon about the way he is doing this because a lot of times you hear people say you got to quit your nine to five and you got to you know do this uh business or you gotta you know fire your boss or what all this kind of stuff but brandon has had some experience with some entrepreneurs and uh, he is an employee. So I want you to just 
share a little bit about what your experience has been and what do you think about the concept of you got to quit your nine to five? Yeah, you know, I think the big thing is that, you know, there's no time limit, time limit on entrepreneurship. Some of the most successful entrepreneurs started in their 50s um, or even older than that. Like you can, and so the approach that I've taken is I, I, I've been an employee my entire, or an employee or a contractor, basically an employee for my entire career so far. And that, like I've learned so much that today, if I were to go and start my business, I still want to, uh, I'm still happy being an employee, but you know, today or, or five years from now, if I wanted to start my business, I would be in a much better place than if, you know, right out of the gate at 20, I was like, I'm going to go start a business. Um, so really my approach has been working nine to fives, um, not just for the money. Yes, I, I, I try to excel and try to you know get raises and move up in my career, but taking the approach of really learning from every single job that I have. Um, and every job that I've had to date in some way has made me uh, or will make me a better entrepreneur uh, just because I've learned so much from being around other entrepreneurs and um, you know working in startups, that sort of thing. That's good. That's real, real uh, great. And the good thing about it is that working there gives you the money that you want to build your $500,000 with. You're using the money that they're paying you um, to invest it so that you can reach that goal by 30 and that goal by 50. Uh, and I think it is very great. I, I'm an entrepreneur type. I haven't worked for anybody since I was 24. That's been my journey. But one thing I don't do is shoot down people who are nine to five people. Because honestly, if you have a nine to five and you think properly about money, you can build tremendous wealth with a nine to five. Uh, it's just when you're just wasting, whether it's an entrepreneur or an employee, when you waste money or money doesn't have a purpose or an assignment in your life, uh, it doesn't get where it needs to get. And you don't end up any better, whether you were an entrepreneur or whether you were an employee. So I'm just glad yeah. to see that you can do it. Uh, either path works. Um, we've been so fortunate and excited to have you with us today, Brandon. It's been an absolute uh, encouragement to me to see someone doing what you do. And I want to reiterate today that uh, you can connect with Brandon. First, tell us what is the uh, Twitter handle for you, Brandon? Yeah, so my Twitter handle is at RinkyDoFinance. At um, so RinkyDoFinance. And then his blog is RinkyDoFinance.com. And we want you to go and read what he's putting out. I can tell you, I've read his blog. First of all, considerably well put together. You're not talking about anything junk. That's why more and more people keep reading it because he is very diligent and what he, uh, he takes time to put things together. Very studied. And so the information is solid. Uh, and we really appreciate oh, you right. being with us on today. We consider it an absolute privilege to have had this opportunity to share you with our audience. And we look forward to connecting with you again and again and again. Is there anything you'd like to say um, as we're closing out our interview on today? Oh, other than, you know, thank you guys so much for having me on. It's always a pleasure when I chat with you guys, either on Twitter or, or you know, on, on a podcast like this. Thank you very much. You're absolutely welcome. We look forward to connecting with you again real soon. We thank you so much for uh, embracing this podcast and sharing your wealth of information with 
our audience. We're going to take a break right here, and we'll be right back in just a moment to wrap up today's podcast. Thank you so much. Nice. Brandon. No problem at all. Thank you. <laughs> Man, you carry you carry this through. You was nice to today. You didn't you didn't say some stuff that you you was nice. You didn't say nothing hard. You was a little harder last time. Somebody's been treating you nice since we last interviewed you. <laughs> no, this was really really. I'm I'm just I'll say this to y'all honestly. You all have no idea sitting here at fifty four, looking at this screen and knowing that everybody there is. 30, 31 and under. It's exciting. I recently heard an alarming statistic that five out of every 100 people at age 65 will be financially independent. That's a horrible statistic when at age 25, all 100 said they wanted to be. The reason this is, is that many people want to go somewhere they do not know how to get there. Well, the Wealthy Life Masters has been created specifically to help you build, live, and sustain a wealthy life. We're going to do that by helping you get out of all bad debt, using good debt to build wealth, establishing good credit with credit scores of 750 and above. We're going to help you implement an investment plan where you invest in stocks, bonds, crypto, artwork, businesses, real estate, all the things that are going to put income into your life, all while living authentically as yourself. Well, if you would like to be one of those five who are financially independent when they're 65, come on and connect with the Wealthy Life Masters. You'll find that connection in the description for this podcast. Now, let's get back to the podcast. Well, welcome back to the Wealthy Life Podcast. We have had an absolutely exceptional, inspiring day Today, I mean, I've been totally uh, inspired by the great information. Don't forget to connect with Brandon uh, and that blog. I just believe if you're trying to be successful in the area of finances and building wealth, that's one resource you want to have in your pocket. I've been encouraged today to see that a person can have six figures by 25 years of age, got a goal of 500000 by the age of 30, and he's doing it all while working a nine to five. So there is no excuse that says a person who's focused can't get it done. And he's proved it today. Along with my partners, I'm, I'm excited to share with them because I get to see their journey and uh, it's just exciting to me. I'm glad to have been here on today. What about you, Aiden? What do you take away or wanna share as we close out on today? Yeah, um, love always love talking to Brandon. What I really enjoy about talking to Brandon, he's not going to sit here and criticize anyone for what they do, right? Even though he gets a lot of backlash for being a boring investor or um, having a nine to five, which is super similar to what I do. And sometimes we get um, a lot of backlash, especially on social media for the for our styles. So it's always great to connect with somebody else who's um who's doing it like that who's encouraging you know quality um not just racing for the quick book so oh always great talking to somebody who's who's on that mindset that's good that's good what about you malcolm yeah great talking to brandon always i always take something new that i feel like i can apply in my life when we talk to him 
Um, so it was just always great talking to him. Uh, the main thing I took from him when he said, if you want to be in the right place at the right time, just stay in the right place when talking about the stock market. And I just thought that was, you know, huge for people. It just breaks it down so perfectly on how to deal with the stock market. But um, thankful for him. Thankful for you guys. I'm glad we got to do this. Excited to do it again next week. Yes, sir. This is exciting for us. You know, uh, Malcolm, Aiden and I met each other in social media and found that we had some things in common that we wanted to see happen. And so the Wealthy Life podcast came into existence after we were doing what they call Twitter spaces. We're now here doing this podcast, hoping to uh, affect and influence more people in a positive manner. We're here to help you build, live and sustain a wealthy life. And that's what this podcast is all about. We're going to be back again next week, continuing to do the same thing. We want you to have an absolutely great week, an absolutely great day. And our advice to you is to be wealthy too. Be blessed.